Hello, welcome to First Person, a podcast brought to you by Coleman FBC. I'm Chuck, and during the next few minutes, I'll join you, the listener, as we meet and get to know others in the First Baptist family. Together, we'll learn about them, their families, and what brought them to Coleman. First, I want to thank the production team of Karen Harmon and Vance Donahue for their help in making this podcast available. I've asked the senior pastor of Coleman First Baptist Church, Tom Richter, to join me for the first podcast. So you're going to have the opportunity to get to know more about Tom, more about his family, where he's from, and how God has used him in this community. So welcome. Thanks um, for having me. First, you have the honor of getting to be, let me get this right, the first first person on the first first person broadcast. And listen, I know that, uh, I don't know when folks are going to listen to this, but today is November 1st, 2021. And like we were saying before the show, I, I think this is the beginning of something huge. I think that this is a day that will live in fummy. Fummy. Yeah, whatever. I, I don't, is there, what's the opposite of infamy? Um, Funny. <laughs> I think it's that'll we'll, be funny. We'll go with that. I don't know. But I, yeah. Hey, I just want to say too, before we get into this, thank you. Thank you for starting this. This was kind of your idea. Why don't you talk a little bit about how this, how the whole idea of doing this came about? Yeah. Well, one of the things that, in looking at how we could communicate with people and how that folks could get to know more about other people, I thought about the idea that new people are coming into our church all the time. New people are coming into the choir, actually was what got me started thinking about it. And thinking about that, I realized that, you know, oftentimes people come for a while, they slip through the cracks, they may get away or something like that. And part of it is we never really get to know them. Don't, we don't have that opportunity. And then a lot of times the congregation at large doesn't have an opportunity to really get to know the different people and all that's happening and to connect groups together with multiple services and that kind of thing. So I thought it would be a good thing and, and a fun thing to for us to be able to you know at least spend some time with individuals and let folks get to know them so and you had some input into that as well Well, yeah my input was really uh recognizing a good idea and stealing it i mean i think you're being generous in the way you're casting that and i appreciate that you know the idea of hey you've got choir members that sing together, they minister together, but they don't know each other's stories. They don't necessarily know what happened. Hey, did you know this person had this experience or God did this in this person's life? And so when you said, hey, I'm thinking about how do I get these stories out? Let's do it as a podcast. I recall the conversation being, uh, I would like to steal that idea for the church at large. (laughs) Would you be willing to do that? Not just for the choir, but really expand that to the whole church. I think uh, think we're really onto something. Then we just had to come up with a with a catchy name. And I got to credit you. <laughs> Not that you want to take credit. No, no, no. I only want to take credit for the ideas if they're good. You well, know, people well, like hopefully them. They'll, yeah. Hopefully they'll be good. <laughs> so, here, so this is first person. And the idea being uh, that you'll you'll host an episode and interview a first yeah, this a first, person. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to know more about them. We'll get to know, <clears> you know, just something about their family, something about their lives. And as you said, everyone uh, does have a story. Yep. And so speaking of stories, All right. even though uh, we know your story, yeah. I know your story, and a lot of our folks do as well, but as I said, new people coming along. Yeah. And uh, so what I, first I'd like for you to tell us about is your family. Uh, you know, obviously you've got a beautiful family. Give us, and it's not hard to talk about your family. No, and, uh, no. It's, it's piece <laughs> well, of you heard the expression, uh, guys will say when they got married, man, I outkicked my coverage. You know? <laughs> In this case, I'd, I would have been that. Would you? Yeah, no, <laughs> I would. No. I would. But she's no. a sweet lady. Yeah. So, uh, uh, my wife is Jackie. 
her uh, maiden name is Dobson, and uh, her uh, she's from Coleman. So right. her local, I guess, claim to fame is uh, her mom and daddy, Charlie and Paula, ran the All Steak Restaurant right. for 30-something years. Of course, a, a fixture here in uh, Coleman, Alabama. Right. But also the restaurant industry means you're going to get to know a lot of folks. A lot of, uh, a lot of your uh, customers become more than customers. They become regulars, and then those regulars become friends. You know, I remember at our wedding, I was watching the wedding video, and there was these folks and in, in our wedding and some of them right. tearing up, you know, in the yeah. wedding. And, I, and I'm asking Jackie, you know, well, are these cousins? How are you related to these folks? She said, no, those, those were, those were just regulars. Yeah. You know, they, they came to our wedding and, yeah. and I thought that was, that's yeah. pretty cool. That is neat. Uh, that is neat. So she's, you know, well known through that, uh, knows a lot of folks, I should say through that. Yeah. And we met, I had been uh, doing some ministry, traveling, speaking, preaching, had preached, I think, in, in a little town called Coleman, Alabama, and was working yeah. with a youth minister named Wayne Cook over oh, at yeah. 7th Street Baptist Church. And yeah. uh, he had me in to do some disciple nows and things. And then uh, when he brought his kids to a summer camp called Centrifuge, right. lo and behold, I happened to be the camp pastor at Centrifuge. So we got to, I got to know some of the guys and became friends. And uh, depending on who you ask, there's a uh, there's all kinds of stories. About yeah, right, 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 yeah. right. Straight from the horse's mouth, the story I tell is uh, that in the summer of 2000, Wayne, for his youth ministry here from Coleman, needed a, a chaperone. Apparently somebody got sick last minute, and so he reached out to Jackie Dobson to fill in as an extra adult <laughs> chaperone for that centrifuge trip. Sure. And uh, I never found out who that person was that got sick, but I owe him, <laughs> I owe him a great debt of gratitude, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Yeah, so Jackie stepped in, and then that summer we met. We have a photo together, that, so we, we have proof that we met that week, but uh, didn't think much about it. And then uh, I think a year went by, and several folks from— Coleman knew me, and of course they knew Jackie, and so they were sort of working both ends of the of the yeah. deal. I tell people we were an arranged marriage. Sure, you know she uh, yeah. she was hearing it from them and me. Hey, you need to call this girl. We we you know we have found your future spouse. She's perfect. Yeah, we got it all worked yeah. out. And so sure enough, it did. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. And uh, whether it's uh, Joel Moon or Leon Boatwright or Jason Doty, uh, different folks, you know, had a, had a hand in all this. But we uh, were certainly grateful. And uh, that's how I met Jackie. Well, tell us about your children. Yep. And Those so are incredible, too. Yep. And so we have three kids. They're 12, 9, and 7 at the time of this recording. Yeah, yeah. Katie is my daughter. She's my 12-year-old, and so she has entered uh, middle school this year. So I got a 7th grader, which is a cool new chapter. Yeah. Carson is my son. He's 9 and just a, a ball of energy, great, uh, fun personality. And uh, Anna is 7. She's, she's my baby girl. Oh, so, yeah. Yep. She's sweet. Well, so you spent time in New York City yeah, many years, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Uh, serving there, serving a church there, church plant there. And then when you came here, obviously your family came to a new life, right? Yep. A different yeah. different type of life. And one of the things that, that I've heard you tell, and I think this is incredible, is Carson, whenever we wound up <laughs> yeah. in Coleman, Alabama, after being living in an apartment or high-rise yep. in, in New York for all of his life, really, if you share that with us, because I yeah, thought that oh, yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a great anecdote. Some folks have heard it, but it, it expresses that, you know, when people ask, hey, you know, you were 14 years in New York City before coming to Alabama. Right. Well, I mean, what a transition that must have been. What a shock. And what I tell them is, I remind them, when I remember Jackie grew up here, so mm -hmm. she's all about small town life. I grew up in a little town called Murray, Kentucky, 
which is uh, they got a little college there, Murray State University is where I went to school, but it, it, it's a small town. So for us, it wasn't a huge adjustment, but you're right, you nailed it. For our kids, <laughs> uh, their little minds were blown. Here they they had all this urban living. So yeah, we'd been here a couple of weeks and Carson says, you know, he's looking up, he's out in the yard and he's looking up at the, looking up at the house, looking back toward the house. He says, uh, yo dad, and I said, what's on your mind, buddy? I could tell he had this quizzical look. At that time, he's, he's five years old, right? So you got a five-year-old kid. He's looking back and he's saying, I'm noticing something about this house, meaning the house we had purchased. I said, okay, well, yeah, what is it? He said, this house was built on a park. <laughs> and he's looking around at all this open green space. And I said, no, buddy. It, uh, and I laughed. I said, well, no, buddy, that, that's, that's just called a yard. I said, yeah, that's a lot. And I said, you see how all these other, I, I turned him, I said, this, you see how all these other houses here have their own little patch of grass, each house. He goes, every house here in Alabama gets its own park. (laughs) You know what? Yes, let's go with that. That's great, uh, though. Well, well, you mentioned there a minute ago that you grew up in Murray, Kentucky. Yep, yep. And just curious, I know a lot of folks would like to know how, what's what's been the road, you know, like you grew up there. What was your life there and how you wound up? You know, it yeah. as you move into ministry, there's a lot of chapters in that and a lot of things that direct you. They point you that way. And so yeah. tell us, you know, just you grew up in Murray, Kentucky. Tell us about your mom and dad, how you, yeah. the road that you walked to get to here. Well, God has been so incredibly generous and so good to me. And and sometimes, of course, you can't see that stuff till you look back and you get a moment like this just to share your story. And I love telling it because, you know, I just I'm so filled with gratitude about all these things that I never could have predicted. I I would have never said, oh, this is how it's going to go. But yeah, I grew up. My dad was actually a uh, he worked for the Kroger Company. It's a grocery uh, chain. Their headquarters in Cincinnati, Ohio. And so I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. And much like how I moved my family from a big city down to a small town, dad did the same thing. Interestingly, coincidentally, when we were at the same season of life, you know how I have an older daughter, a middle boy, and a younger daughter. Well, that's exactly how me and my sisters are. I have an older sister, I'm the middle child, and I have a younger sister. And when, sure enough, when we were seven, five, and three, exact same age, dad made this move. Uh, so we kind of mirrored that and did the same thing. At any rate, when, it, when, when, uh, when we arrived in Murray, Kentucky, Dad was transferred to be a part of a, a food manufacturing, food pro- processing plant. And they made the, uh, you know, they made like the generics for the Kroger company. So they would make, you know, the, the drink aid and the, and uh, he became the quality control manager there and worked that job for, uh, for 30 years. Dad was, a, a, it is. Uh, a strong Christian man, great influence in my life, deacon church, mom, Sunday school teacher. I mean, from, from early days, mom, uh, grew up, I grew up in the church. Mom and dad uh, uh, brought us to church every time the doors were open. We live maybe a two-minute walk from our little country church. Grew up in a small church, mm-hmm. county church. It's called Locust Grove Baptist Church. Did the Bible drills and yeah. the, the whole deal. Uh, so, so grateful for that influence. Might not have been grateful at that moment when I was being forced to memorize, you know, like a lot of those things, you're not, you don't really know what you got till years later and you realize what a a gift it was. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had, uh, there's no real uh, pastors or anything in my family. I mean, like like I said, strong Christian influence, but it's not like I had this uh, legacy of ministry or something and it was a logical next step. So imagine my surprise when I get to be in my teenage years, Again, I can't emphasize enough. County church, 
uh, we had a, a pastor who'd been there, oh, I think, I think when he retired, he'd been there maybe 30 or 40 years, something incredible. Great man of God. I mean, that was the only category I really knew for ministry, Chuck. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about, mm-hmm. I, we yeah. didn't, even, your, even you, a worship pastor. Yeah. We had a song leader. Song leader. Yeah. And uh, this, the, great, he was awesome. Yeah. But he was a farmer, and he would just lead us in the music. You know, it, 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 we, I didn't know about a youth minister. Right. I didn't know about it. I didn't know about any of these things. Yeah. I didn't know that stuff existed. I just thought, well, that, that's, the, that's the preacher. That's, yeah. what, that's what ministry is. That, that is light years removed from a teenage boy. I thought, well, I could never do that. I don't have a category, yeah. you know, for that. <laughs> so imagine, in my surprise, I'm a teenage boy, and I'm starting to think, as teenage boys do, what am I going to do vocationally? What am I going to do with my career? I had this sense, and there's no other way to say it. It was a, just a strong impression that God wants me to be a minister. And I thought, well, that can't be right. I've, I've misheard. I have no, no way. No way. I have yeah. no desire for oh, yeah. that. I have no interest in that. Okay. So I thought, well, I've misheard. Well, the impression just grew stronger. And it got to a point where, you know, in our faith tradition as Baptists, we'll often hear the phrase and use the phrase, this person surrendered to the call to ministry. Right. Well, surrender implies there was a battle. Yeah. Right. You lost. You you know, you surrender. Can't fight anymore. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You're right. I don't know if that phrase is accurate for everybody, but it is a hundred percent accurate for me. Right. I fought it. I battled. And so I'm, I'm not sleeping at night. I'm, I'm I'm literally, imagine a teenage boy losing sleep over the vocation. And, and my, my battle was fought on several grounds. One is I, this is not what I want, but two, God, I'm a teenager. Go bother somebody else yeah. with this kind of thing. Other what? things I want to do, yeah. Exactly. What right. you know? What am I? What am I wrestling with this for? Well, in the providence of God, that uh, that man that had been there, that faithful man, had been there many many years. He leaves, and we get get a, a couple pastors that had short ministries there, but profound impact on my life. And one was fresh out of seminary. He was in his 20s. And that alone, by the way, the fact that we had a young minister, someone who was only less than 10 years older than me, maybe. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, well, this is different. And of course, in Kentucky, big deals basketball. Every every yeah. boy in Kentucky wants dreams of playing basketball. We're always playing basketball. It's a basketball hoop out at the church. And, you know, me and my best buddy Jeff are out playing, playing basketball, as we did every Sunday. Well, this pastor comes out and starts playing basketball with us. So not only do you have a pastor, but you have a pastor who plays basketball, which, again, right. th- this is probably not mind-blowing to, you know, modern Christians who grow up. With. But to me, I thought, well, no, you guys wear the suit and tie, and you right. just shut down. You're not a real human and, anymore. Yeah, you're not a human. You're not a human, yeah. <laughs> so not only is he playing basketball, but he's, he's really good. And here I am wrestling with this call. I don't know what to do with my life. And this man, I'll never forget, and we've talked since um, about this. He doesn't remember saying it. And that's probably true. A lot of times how God uses us, he just uses us for his glory. And we don't even necessarily know we're being used for his glory. But he just said out of the overflow of his heart, he he said to us, because we said, hey, you're really good at basketball. Shocked. And he said nonchalantly, yeah, I was, uh, I was actually offered a college scholarship to play basketball. But I turned it down to go to Bible college to be a preacher. And we were, of course, we were like, you fool. No yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, Why would anyone do this? Yeah. 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 Right. And he said, probably mid, mid-basketball mid shot, you know, while he's he's shooting, he said, yeah, uh, a lot of people question that. But I thought, what what good is all that? Uh, what good is all that if you, if you don't have peace with God? Hmm. 
swish. Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, hit me like a ton of bricks. I've never yeah. forgotten that. I often think that him saying that nudged the trajectory of my life into a whole new direction because I thought, well, that that's really it. I don't have mm. peace with God. Yeah. So I asked him if I could make an appointment with, I said, I don't know how this works. Can I come see you? And he said, yeah. So I just said, I need you to pray with me about a decision. Almost like, it was almost like if I, if I admitted that I felt like God was calling me to ministry, then the die was already cast. Mm. And I wanted to still give myself an out. So I said, just pray with me about something. I won't tell you what it is, you know, unspoken. <laughs> and, uh, and so he did. That, that pastor, by the way, incidentally, is, is still a friend. It's Kevin Ham down at, at Gardendale. A lot yeah. of people know he came from Kentucky. Kentucky. He came from Valley View. What they don't know is before he was at Valley View, he was at this little church called yeah. Locust Grove Baptist. When he was young. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. So we've retained that friendship over the years, and I, I owe him a great debt. Well, Sunday night church, they gave the altar call. I'm clinging to the pew, and I said, look, I, here I am, a teenage boy. I'm like, what, am I going to get an ulcer over this? I'm losing sleep. Forget it. White flag, surrender. Lord, if you want me to be a preacher, I just want to sleep at night. I just right. want that peace with you. If that's what you want, if you can use me, I'll do it. I go down, I pray. Uh, you pray with Pastor Kevin. Of course, he's like, you know, we get up to pray. He said, yeah, I, I kind of knew that's what it was. <laughs> and, you know, back in those little country churches, they extend the right hand of Christian fellowship. Sure. When a decision is made, they, they parade through. And I, I remember person after person saying, oh, we've known for years, Tom. Uh, we've known since you were a little boy. We let me in on it, but yeah. Well, that's yeah, exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, and I, when yeah. I asked that, even my mom said, I kind of thought when you were a kid that yeah. that's where God was taking you. I said, why didn't anybody tell me? And they said, we didn't want to influence the decision. Mm. See, we wanted it, it. This has to come from you and God. This, right. this can't be, well, I'm doing this to please mama or I'm doing this, yeah. you know. And so I may be unsure of a lot of things about the Bible still. There's so much I don't understand. There's so many things I don't understand about faith. There's so many things that I have questions about. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God called me to be a minister. And that's, you know, in terms of, you know, like we went through this pandemic. You went through and young guys ask me, you know, what's the what what do I need to look for? How do I do ministry? Whatever. And I'll, I start with, listen, if you're called to do this, that's going to get you through those hard times. You're going to say, look. I, this wasn't my plan, Jesus. You know, this is on you. You you started this, and so you're going to finish it. Right. And, and so we can depend on you, Lord. This is all about you. This is your story. And if you want to use me as your servant in this way, and of course, you know, uh, Chuck, you and I are good friends. We've talked about this a lot, but, you know, we, we believe every Christian is a minister. And so I have to be careful when I use this, when I tell this story that some people think, well, God called him, but God has no call on my life. Right. No, God's got a call on Every, yeah, yeah all these uh, Christians. Well, and you and I have had several conversations over the time that, that we've been together about people look at us, you know, and they'll say, they think we have this figured out. Yeah. You know, we always kind of laugh about that. Yeah. It's like, we'll look at each other and throw our hands up. It's like, shazam, God yeah. lay, you know, it, it happened. <laughs> it was incredible. So, well, obviously God has gifted you in a, in a remarkable way. And I'm kind of tickled because... One of my questions for this podcast is, have you been able to get plugged into a small group? <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have. We, um, Jackie and I have been blessed over the years with not only being able to pastor, for me to be the min uh, pastor at a church, but also to develop uh, friendships. Right. And so um, we do have sort of a ready-made small group with our staff. You know, we have a great staff. We actually like each other, uh, you know, more than just a professional relationship. Uh, but we're friends and we're brothers and sisters together. And so that kind of becomes a built-in small group. Yeah, uh, the um, 
you just see, you know, like I said, you see God's faithfulness. Yeah. And, you know, and even in that story, after, if I can get back to that, uh, after that, you know, I was, I was saved uh, when I was uh, uh, nine years old, baptized. So here you have, I'm, I'm kind of that church kid mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And so I focused on the call to ministry. I probably should have started with, the, you know, his call to be his child. That's where it really starts. But then um, uh, being called to ministry and then went to Murray State, majored in English, thinking, well, I, you know, need to be able to tell a good story. So I go into college knowing that I'm going to prepare for ministry, then went to, to seminary up in New Jersey. And from there, it was a hop, skip and a jump uh, to New York City. And, and at that time, I was still uh, single and uh, didn't didn't have a wife, kids, didn't have any mm. real reason to say, <laughs> didn't have a compelling reason to say no. And so when this small church plant in Queens, New York, you know, here I'm agonizing after I graduate seminary. Okay, I'm ready to go minister. Where am I going to minister? I'm agonizing over uh, where am I going to go? But I, without a family to support and all the, the you know, I thought, well, this, uh, this small uh, church plant in Queens made up mostly of immigrants. Uh, they need a pastor and I could do it. And I thought, well, maybe that'll last a year. Yeah. Or two at the most. But one funny story, Chuck, and I don't I don't even know if I've I've told you this. When I'm graduating seminary, there's several options I was thinking about. And this church plan in Queens, basically what had happened is the the initial North American Mission Board church planner had planted it. They constituted in nineteen ninety seven. And that church planner is actually still around. His name's Larry Holcomb. He's a great friend. You know Larry. You go way back with Larry through some musical stuff. Well, Larry is one of these visionary guys just right. gifted him and he, you know, he wants to plant a hundred churches before he yeah. died. So his calling is not yeah. so much to stay in pastor somewhere, but to be a, that, that, that sort of apostolic, you know, right. ministry, that church planting ministry across uh, New York, particularly he wants to plant churches among those 1040 window nations that maybe haven't had a chance to hear the gospel. Sure. So they immigrate, emigrate, EM to the, to the United States. And here's an open door to reach him for sure. Christ. So anyway, Larry plants this church. And uh, every time that, that Larry tried to, I don't know what you call it when a church planner, I guess, hands it off. Let's just call it that. When every time he wanted to hand it off, tragedy seemed to strike. Uh, one one potential uh, pastor that was going to stay, he, he got cancer, had to move mm-hmm. away, you know. So through one of Larry's connections to a church just outside Atlanta, Fayetteville First Baptist in Fayetteville, Georgia, they developed one of those real just Sometimes God arranges it, one of those real good church partnerships, and mm-hmm. they began supporting this little church. The church is called New Hope, my former church in Queens. And so anyway, I'm graduating seminary, and I'm doing a disciple now in Fayetteville First Baptist. That's how all this comes about. And as the guy's dropped me off at the airport, he says to me, Tom, um, we support this church plant up in Queens. I know you're about to graduate seminary. What could it hurt before you graduate while you're still up there in New Jersey? Come see our ministry that we're supporting in Queens. And we think you, you know, you should pray about, you should consider. I said, well, tell me what, you, what you're talking about. He says, well, we've got this guy. He tells me everything about Larry. And he says, and he's got the church going. He just needs to hand it off. But every time he tries to hand it off to a new uh, a potential a pastor, tragedy strikes. And he tells me all these terrible things that happen to whoever takes this job. And he says, we think you should do it. I said, well, wait a minute. The job is clearly cursed. But uh, here's how they get you. Uh, as he's dropped me off the airport, he says, well, would you pray about it? Oh, yeah. 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 So, well, so you got to pray about it. And like I said, the, the the rest is history. I could have never predicted that. And that gets yeah. back to what I what I was saying at the beginning. You know, yeah. God has just been so good. Along the way, Jackie and I, who were dating long distance, we got married. Of course, God blessed us with those three children in our time there in New York. Had 14 wonderful years. And then God opened, yeah, God yeah. opened the door to, to come to So court. here you are. So here I am. So I am. Well, 
just in a in the remaining time that we have for the people who really are not familiar with First Baptist that much, or you've landed in a different planet yep. here in Coleman County, right? Yeah. <laughs> just plop down right here. Here you are. But just give us a thumbnail sketch of First Baptist. Somebody's like, I'm the pastor of First Baptist. You run into whoever on the street and you say, look, let me tell you about my church. Let me tell you about what we do. Yeah. Something like that. Give us a just a, a pastor's flyover thumbnail sketch oh, yeah. of First Baptist Church. First Baptist Church is a 144-year-old church that proclaims the good news that God saves sinners. Amen. I mean, that, that, that's what we're yeah. about. I'm, I'm in this series right now in 1 Corinthians, and every week it seems like Paul just takes, the, takes that church by the hand and draws them back to the good gospel news that God saves sinners. Right. And there, there's three words, God saves sinners. So God, that means this is his story from first to last. So at First Baptist Coleman, we're going to try to be all about glorifying God. We're going to declare his glory to the nations among missions. We're going to really try to proclaim his word week in, week out. We're going to do the best we can to preach his word, not only to adults, but through our education ministries, through our worship ministries and what you lead. We're going to glorify him saves. We're going to celebrate that from first to last, this is his rescue. And that means we're going to continue to uh, celebrate what God did until every bit of judgmentalness and ev uh, any potential, uh, what, the, what the New Testament calls boasting, all that's going to be utterly uh, set aside and washed out of us uh, because we're going to acknowledge, wait, this is, this, is, this is what God did. Okay, this is what he did. And sinners, that's, uh, that, that's the great news. If you're a person who says, uh, well, you know, I, I need hope or I, I seem to have lost my way or you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know what to do. I want you to come and I want you to come and, and discover what God has for you. It may be exactly what you're looking for. And uh, the very thing that you think, well, I don't know if I, I don't know if I belong in church. I'm a sinner. That's who church is for. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And so I think you'll come. I think you'll be uh, welcomed. Uh, it may be exactly uh, what you need. Right. Well, I know you're certainly a, a blessing to this community, uh, to my That's life right. personally, as we've gotten to know one another. And I know that, uh, that God has great things in store for First Baptist Church, not because of Amen. you, yeah. not because of me, but because how God could use you and and, and and mobilizing people and, and doing the things of God in this community. So uh, I thank you for being the leader, uh, for the guy that just, you know, charge. And uh, I know that you do that. And I know, most of all, I know that you care about people. You love people, love the Lord supremely, mostly. And you serve him the best that, that you can. And that's what, that, what else can you do? That's right. You know, but it's a joy. And I wanted you to come be part of this because I kind of, I wanted to launch with people being able to hear, okay, this is what, this is what we're about. This is what First Baptist is. It's not, it isn't the pastor. It, right. it, I understand that. But there does have to be someone at the point, point guard, to use your deal, yeah, yeah. yeah, the quarterback, there has to be someone who says, look, you know, this is what we're about. Yeah. Uh, this is my vision. This is a vision for ministry that God's given me, and I'm, I'm leading to the best of my ability. And so uh, I know that you do that. And so my prayers go with you every day. Thank you. And uh, as we begin this endeavor, we'll we'll see how it goes. And, <laughs> and hopefully, I think people will be touched by just an opportunity to hear from not just you, but a lot of our other folks from their hearts and what's going on in their lives and what their story is. 
So thank you, Tom. We'll oh, see listen, you again. I, and I'll be your first subscriber or, right. or your first follower or whatever we yeah. do, and I'll share it. I can't wait to hear. And so thank you for doing this. All right. Good to have you. Thank you for listening to First Person. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with friends and family. 